From an internet fraught with danger, we brave the void to bring you Digital and Dice. Hey there, Digidicers. I am Mark. And I'm Brian. And welcome to episode one of Digital and Dice. Not to be confused with the Digital and Dice podcast. I mean, we could be confused with the Digital and Dice podcast because it's still us. It's just... Right. We did did a facelift, got, got a new look, got a We're new style. Older, wiser, We're better not looking. wiser. We are really not wiser. <laughs> Uh, I, I would say that we have learned, and uh, with that learning comes a, a a brand new fresh start. So if you are brand new to the show, welcome. Uh, we are happy to have you. And of course, if you are uh, a, a an, an old hat, if you've been with us since the early days, welcome back. Uh, you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of what you've seen before, but just done better. <laughs> done better with slightly more idea on what we're doing and opinions that change over time because we are not static robots. Well, I'm not a static robot. (laughs) Mark might actually be a robot, but I've heard he's been getting some upgrades. And speaking of those upgrades, Mark, what have you been up to lately? (laughs) Nice segue on that. I like that. Uh, Speaking of upgrades. It stopped uh, being a good segue when you point out that it's a segue. I wanted to give you a pat on the back. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so speaking of upgrades, yes, indeed. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, okay, we I've been playing a little bit of World of Warcraft. We've been doing our lore throughs, which have actually been a really fun uh, adventure uh, for me, especially just because I get to talk about lore for a while. Uh, but I've also kind of intermixed that with playing the, you know, the new wonderful game that is is trying to go head to head with Skyrim on how many bugs they're going to have at release. Uh, but I, I will say without going into incredible detail, uh, I am enjoying the game quite a bit. And I think that, you know, from a history of playing PC games over the years, I, I think I'm just kind of immune to like the worries of, of, of bugs because I, I already save often, so I'm not really worried about any game breaking thing. Uh, any like if things get stuck in walls, cool. I can name twenty other games that have your mount, car, whatever, be stuck in walls with weird AI behavior. It, it's not new to me, so you know it, it's it's totally fine. Uh, but uh, I've been enjoying that and playing WoW. Brian, what have you been doing? Well, I mean, other than uh, you and my wife dragging me back into the wow hole uh what do you mean no 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 you dragged us no 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 my wife dragged me i said oh i'm playing wow again and then suddenly you were there within two days well yeah of course that that was not on me that is just (laughs) like eve online i decided to do something and it sounded fun yeah i blame you um but i have been playing wow i finally got a character to level cap which is something for me um and uh other than wow i have been uh deep diving into some 40k i got my brand new codex for my death guard and i have been delighted in the ninth edition goodness that they're in uh that and over christmas i ended up picking up an entirely new army that is completely unassembled because it looked shiny and I wanted. <laughs> That's fair. Well, very good. <laughs> uh, so I think, though, that uh, now that people have an idea of what we've been up to, uh, I think it's about time for us to maybe move on to why we're here today. Yes, indeed. Uh, we're going to be uh, kicking off uh, the digital and dice uh, by 
having a new topic uh, that is digital versus dice, in-person versus online tabletop RPGs. And so we're going to be uh, going into talking about a lot of the benefits and the drawbacks, there we go, of playing in-person versus using the online tools. As a lot of you have noticed, uh, playing D&D has gotten very difficult over the past year of us being yeah. locked yeah. down into various states. Uh which is, I think, a, a good time for us to have the discussion about some of the things that make uh, the kind of separate the ideas of playing online versus playing in person. Uh, you know, I'll be looking back a little bit and, and you know, uh, kind of dreaming, you know, and staring off into the middle distance about the times of sitting around at a table together. Uh, but I do think, though, that the the major differences, I mean, there's there's the obvious ones, right? You know, yeah. so you have the fact that obviously you're going to be sitting in front of a computer or tablet or whatever it is you're playing with uh, instead of being in the same physical room with your other players. I mean, that that in and of itself uh, on the face of it seems, you know, very obvious. But there there's a lot of weirdness that goes along with that. There There is a lot of weirdness, uh, aside from the fact that I am a ridiculous extrovert and need time amongst people. Otherwise, I shrivel up like a husk. Mm-hmm. Or and or drive my wife and roommate insane. Um, Fair, but uh, there, there's the rapport. There, there's being able to read uh, facial facial expressions and body language so much clearer in person. There's the mm-hmm. catharsis of holding your giant pile of clicky clack rocks and throwing them around. Um, right, but that's not always an option, and uh there has been a, a bevy of tools that have moved very much so into prominence, uh, very much so. Yeah. Assist people in getting their RPGs on, uh, even, even with being, uh, separated. Uh, I have a game that uses zoom calls mm-hmm. and, uh, does mostly theater of the mind. Uh, but I also have a game that I get to actually play it. Hey, um, that is uh, on roll 20 and we just got all of our Pathfinder two character sheets loaded into it. And it's been, it's been a very interesting thing. Got a little bit of tedium and actually doing all the data entry. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, it, that, that, to be honest, that's actually what stopped me from getting roll 20 set up for some of my stuff, but I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and it has its own uh, distractions. Each one has its own distractions that are inherent in in the gathering. Uh, I love my group. Sometimes uh, group members' dogs can be very distracting in their large, gassy, but lovable ways. Um, but also, it is a terrible temptation when you have access to the entirety of the internet and your Discord uh, call is not got any visual on it. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's actually like one of the games that I'm in, uh, that I'm running currently, we're using discord primarily, which, which we have the Avre bot, uh, A V R A E, which is the kind of official, uh, dungeons and dragons, D and D beyond discord bot. Yeah. You and said that it, it, it like connects directly to your, uh, D and D beyond. Right now, what you do is you basically, there's a command to load your character into your Discord server, uh, and then you have commands like attack long, or like the exclamation point A, and then like longsword, for example, if you have a longsword equipped, and then it it does the roll and the damage and shows you like the stuff involved, uh, or like you can cast spells from it and it actually shows what the DC is, the area effect, uh, the damage you roll, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's designed so that the changes you make on your character sheet you just load your character back in like you you update it mm-hmm. uh and then continue going so people would be sitting with their D beyond character sheet open and they'd be taking care of their stuff clicking their buttons uh, but when they want to make a roll they just enter the command into uh discord and it rolls for them um and that works pretty well so far uh which and actually funny story uh and, and interestingly timed I'm probably going to be moving away from Avray at the moment because just yesterday, uh, just to date this uh, particular episode, 
uh, the D&D Beyond a team announced uh, a new feature that they're doing, which is basically the role log, oh. which if you if you have uh, your D&D Beyond account, you can actually go and uh, and see how it works, because what it'll do is you, you pull up your your campaign um, and then you actually have like a, a button where you can be like, oh, I want to I want to see the roles people are making for this game. Ooh. So people can be on their character sheets and they can click their buttons and the roles will show up in a in a communal uh, dice rolling spot. That's so, pretty cool. That I'm, is, I'm, that is pretty cool. I'm um, really interested to see what they do with it because they've also mentioned in the same press release that they're going to be upgrading the Avray bot to have better communication with D&D Beyond. So that's I'm, I'm kind of hoping that they're going to utilize that so that instead of people having to type in a command, they can just click a button on their D&D Beyond character sheet and that it automatically does what they're doing in Discord. See, that's that's really cool. That's um, the 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 one button click to to get the entire macro of the role and maybe even the damage uh, going through is actually something that uh, uh, in my uh, Thursday game. Uh, we just got into roll 20 and have now done a full big old combat, Mm -hmm. uh, using, being able to actually use our roll 20 character sheets, which just have a, you click pop out on it and you click a button and it immediately throws your attack roll and possible damage and possible crit, uh, damage just mm-hmm. right in because crits are a little funky with Pathfinder uh, Second Edition. You can crit right. theoretically way easier or way harder because uh, AC scales up like a beast. Right now, that's an interesting uh, point, though, because uh, the idea of some of these digital tools and like the the main difference between, say, like you're sitting around a table, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. and like, we can picture this and remember back, uh, everyone's sitting around this table and you have your, your rule books there and you have your dice and you have your character sheets that are all written down. One or two people may have an app, whatever, that's fine. But for the most part, everyone has their rule books in front of them. And if something comes up or something wants to be edited or changed or whatever, it can be a real quick, easy, just cool. Write it down on your sheet. Neat. That's fine. Um, but it's the the rigid structure of some of the tools which can actually throw things in a different light because well you know if you're if for example say you're playing on D&D Beyond and you want to give your one of your characters uh, an item that doesn't actually exist you you have to basically create it via their house rules and allow it in the campaign for it to even show up and it takes that extra bit of effort to enter it into the system Whereas, you know, again, if you're at the table, you can hand them a note card and okay. be like, boom, yo, this is what it does. But then, you know, the the other side of that then is they have to remember it. They have to enter it onto their sheet. They have to do the math properly so that it actually functions the way they want it. There, that, that weird give and take because you you gain that amount of customization and freedom at the table. Whereas online, you're like, hey, I have tool assists. So I don't have to necessarily remember everything. And that that's very true. And I I am I, I wouldn't say I'm infamous because really uh shouting your own infamy sounds like terrible hubris. You can pat yourself on the back uh, all you want. Fine. But I play fast and loose with uh magic items just deciding that uh that one of my characters' weapons that they picked up was actually a uh, uh, devout, uh, sorry, a mimic all along, right? And like as he's continuing to feed the mimic, because every time that he he crits with it, as a champion fighter, um, it takes a bite out of things. I love and that. So actually. it's been getting stronger. And he is starting to be able to uh, train it using and, the an- handle animal skill. Right. Now, now again, this is something where, like, the the tools are there to help. But if the tools start to hinder you, then it's that's when it's time to kind of start, like, letting them go a little bit. 
Um, as an example, and I think one of the reasons why I was excited to talk about this in particular mm-hmm. is because, you know, the fact that I'm, I'm right now I'm, I'm running a game, uh, and I'm in a different game and we're using different systems for both. Um, and, uh, in, in almost every sense of the word. So in our Avray game, when there is an issue with the discord bot, we just manually roll something like, Oh, this didn't carry over. Oh, this is a bonus I'm providing. And we just have them use the dice, you know, the 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 built-in dice rolling uh, without actually having to worry about, like, using a macro command. Because it's like, oh, this is special or this is different, and I don't want to have to worry about doing a bunch of code editing to make it work. So just roll this and we'll go with that. And and because of the fact that it's fast and loose, we don't have to worry about it too much. Yes. There is one thing I, I miss with my uh, wonderful clicky-clack math rocks. Um which is uh, a catharsis of hearing them clack. Well, there's the catharsis of that, <laughs> but also when you're running a game, you can't fudge the dice when you're just, when everyone sees what just pops up in the chat. Yeah. And, and the, the ability to fudge <laughs> your dice to keep your players from dying is well, useful. Someone actually just messaged me the other day uh, about the fact that in their game, they they were playing via Discord and all of the dice rolls were just right there and they couldn't do anything about the fact that they basically like one shot the party wizard uh, by accidentally critting with like a prismatic orb. And so it's like, oh, low level wizard gets hit with a spell. Oh, it's a 20. Oh, it does eight dice X. Oh, oh. And that was that was basically that's it. And, and the, at the DM, you have the option of going, well, I'm going to just say no, or that like, I'm just going to incapacitate them, which then that goes down that whole list of like, and and you're right. The, uh, the, the fact that because those dice rolls are so in your face, it makes it. So you have to have a conversation with your players about the fact of, are they in danger? Right. Are they going to have to worry about their characters dying? Or are you going to save them if an inconvenient dice roll comes up, you know, yeah, or, and yeah. my Thursday GM has got some like unfortunate levels of RNG blessing. And, uh, and that's, that's something you have to worry about, you know, and realistically there are, there is one of the other options because the other game that I'm in, we're using roll 20 and our care, we have our character sheets loaded and we're actually playing the Star Wars Saga edition. Oh, I love Star Wars Saga. Oh, it's such a good, I love that system. Um, but we're, we're doing it so that like when people roll their dice, ex- uh, and they use the, the roll 20. So you click your care, you click your thing, you hit enter, whatever. And then boom, it shows up in the chat log, except for like two of the players who roll their physical dice because they prefer them. They, they just like them. And the DM has allowed them to roll their physical dice. So they, but they're, it's one of those trusted things of you want to make sure, you know, if you're in or running a game online, that if you let people use their dice, you know, you have that conversation with them about the fact, like when you roll the dice, are you trusting everything they say implicitly is, was that actually a crit or was a, did they fail this role? You know, keeping an eye on your players, do they always succeed at everything all the time? And by doing so, they basically make them out to be, a, you know, a not fun player to be around or not fun character to have in the game because at that point you have the, the Mary Sue of like, you know, Oh, I always succeed at my roles. And when I don't succeed, I crit. And it's, it's kind of boring for the other players to, to have like, well, why not just this one person go off and do everything? They can obviously crit every time it's important and they, they never fail. And yeah, that is one of the things. And that is actually, uh, harkens back, uh, uh, chat called it um, to one of our big cardinal rules of you really have to choose who you are including into your game because knowing your knowing your players and having that that good social discourse and understanding with your players is really one of the key components to having a smooth running game. Exactly, yeah, having those conversations of so that everyone can know what to expect when they're playing. If everyone's constantly worried that a, that a, a bad dice roll is going to end their character, then, you know, they might make different decisions. They might try to be a little bit more defensive. That's fine. But then also knowing that, like, as long as your players remember that 
you know, you as a DM aren't just going to arbitrarily kill them and that it's okay to fail sometimes. You know, it's it's something where I've in I've in several of my games in the past have had conversations where like I've let people know it's like, hey, we're getting towards the end of the campaign. I'm taking off my DM kids gloves. You know, it's like it it, it reminds me of, of some of the some some video games where you have like your companion characters and you know you're getting towards the end of the game when some of them die. And it's like, oh, they no longer have an important role in the story, so that it's okay for them to die and the story can still move forward. Uh, and if that ends up being the case and the players realize, oh, we're getting towards the end, any one of us is fair game. Like, th this story will come to a conclusion one way or the other. <laughs> and that's how Sound Guy Steven got impaled. <laughs> exactly. And, and But the interesting thing is when it comes to the, like like what we were saying about the the digital dice rolls, it's you know, having that conversation prior and being like, hey, if I, as the DM, if I accidentally crit and just ruin the party, uh, like in just some ridiculous amount of, of arbitrary luck, you know, we'll we'll do some changes. You know, we might adjust that. We might retcon a little bit so that we don't just immediately murder everybody. Although, you know, a TPK is something you can come back from uh, if your if your storytelling chops are on on par. But the idea of having the dice rolls there or having the the structure of the system be so integral to the experience that well you you click a button and it does all the math for you but that means that it it does take away the agency of players and and dms alike of being able to to have story trump rules yes so uh and also i want to take a side moment of a rant here uh because <laughs> i have known several people who are like, well, when you're using a program, it's physically impossible for a computer to do completely random. And uh, that I think is, uh, one of the problems is they actually think that random output is physically possible. As much as I love my dice, I love my dice. I collect them. I have beautiful showcase dice, metal dice, rocks, dice, and, uh, more than a jean pocket turned into a jean legging turned into a dice bag full of dice. Um, the, they have a lower statistical ability to hit actual random output than most rolling AI systems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yes, um, yes. Also, uh, my beautiful digital and dice dice. <laughs> right, I, exactly. I do love my digital dice dice. Um, I, I would say, though, that, you know, when it comes to, like like, like I said, the, the catharsis of rolling your dice and, and being like, you know, I, I really like the feel of the dice and being able to roll them on the table and all that. Uh, and, but the fact of, like, nothing is ever going to be truly random, you know, here's the thing. It's random enough. It doesn't it doesn't have to be mathematically appropriate to be like, ah, oh, yes, of course, yeah, this is this is not actual random that, you know, no, that's an that's a well actually moment, you know, it's like, yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, it's not actually random because, you know, it's like, it, you know what, shut the hell up. It's it's OK. It's it can be random enough. It, it's you, when someone throws a dice, especially even like when we're when we're sitting around a table, if someone throws a die 20, I'm not assuming that they're like putting a spin on it to be like, ah, yes, they know how to throw their dice so that it comes up on a good number all the time. No, no. I would I mean, be very impressed if they actually were able to do that, because I, I think I'd be more worried about them rolling a, a, a 20 sided die with all 20s on it. You know, it's yeah. like and, and maybe accidentally pulling it out of their bag is a joke. But the, the, the point is, is that. It's random enough because the people, the skill required to actually get, like, to be able to call what dice you're rolling. And to be honest, at the end of the day, it's the game. And if they, if it means so much to them that they succeed on these rolls, as long as it's not hurting the story, as long as it's not ruining the time for everybody else, yeah. that's fine. I, I admittedly have more of a thought that if someone is going to cheat, so that they can enjoy the game as long as it is not impacting the quality of the game for negative the other players. That's that is that is the paramount thing. If it is not harming other people's joy in this, then yeah. honestly, I 
could care less as a GM. And, and that's honestly kind of how I play it as well. It's it's something where unless it gets really ridiculous, unless someone like just completely is always succeeding and always critting and always doing this stuff and never has proof or like rolls their dice and then immediately picks it up and says, yeah, yeah, I crit. It's like at some point it becomes like, okay, man. But then again, you just have that conversation and you move on. Um, but speaking of moving on rule books, you know, I, I mentioned it before, and this is something that I think is really important when it comes to the differences between that in person or digital play is the, the actual like rule books themselves. Do you have a physical one in your hand or do you have a PDF? Do you have a searchable field where you can like, oh, you need to double check a rule? Well, instead of having to, you know, flip, 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 you know, be like, oh, boom, there it is. It's bookmarked and everything. It's right there. Good to go. So personally, I'm a little selfish because I say, why not both? Um, sure. When I go physically to game, I bring a backpack full of rule books. Because mm -hmm. that having those for the long term reference thing feels right to me. But if I'm all, also if I'm going to be doing something on the fly, uh, I absolutely have D&D Beyond on my phone and will totally just pull up the stat block I need for any given thing. That said, um, I appreciate that Pathfinder 2 has the uh, archives of Nethys, which mm. is their website where they've got all of the stuff without the fun fluff. That's actually really handy. I like that. Uh, and and I, honestly, I'm kind of in the same boat as well. I do enjoy having physical rule books and I like having them at the table to look through. I like the art. I like, I, I like just kind of everything about them, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't admit that, well, certain things about PDFs and, you know, some of the other digital rule books are really handy. Uh, and Super that's handy. like, for example, uh, was it cubicle seven released the wrath and glory, uh, rebuild, uh, mm -hmm. of the system. And what was great about it is that they released a PDF and then they said, Oh, we have an errata. So all they did was just edit the PDF. So you could use, and you wouldn't, you didn't have to go out and buy another $40 book. You just got the PDF and it's like, oh, cool. I, I have all the most recent updated rules. And it's the same thing when it comes to like, honestly, like Warhammer codexes. Uh, I like the idea doing it for most of my role-playing game books. Uh, the, the ability to be able to pull up. And, and the other thing is like, especially like when I'm doing the Star Wars game that I'm in, I will have like, five or six source books open uh, just because of different droid options and some of the things that I have in there. And it's real nice not having to like put the book down, take the next one out, flip, 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 flip. I just have all of them open and I can just quickly look between all of them. So from a like convenience point of view, digital rule books are, are super handy and I really enjoy them. You know, admittedly for, for when I'm planning things, uh, dead tree physical copies are the best for me though. When I'm able to just have Volos open as I'm reading through on the, whatever particular crisis I'm going to throw my, uh, poor players into. And that's part of your creative process, right? Yeah, like it, it, it gets your mind working when you're holding that book. Yeah. You know, but um, like I, I got, I got a, uh, I got a tablet for Christmas, you know, it's like, I use that when I'm like looking through most of my rule books nowadays, like I'll sit on the couch and I'll just be like uh, flipping through the various books and just going like flip, 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 flip. I can zoom in on the pictures if I want and I can, I can reference back and forth. So for me, it's like having that, e this is that age old argument of like e-readers versus physical books, right? There's always going to be one side or the other. Um, but again, I love both. So it makes sense to, to try and use both if you can. Um, but I think like that also leads it into that other thing where, you know, like you mentioned before, when you have discord and the rest of the internet available at your fingers at all times, when you're playing on the internet, it makes it real easy for people to get sidetracked super quick. And yeah. that can be a problem in your role playing game. You know, it's, uh, it's a thing where 
like, oh, okay, if my players are at the table and they all have their cell phones out and no one's paying attention to the story and every time they look up, they go, wait, what just happened? It's like, that's a problem. Whereas if you're playing online, uh, it's like, you know, how do you know your players aren't like, I don't know, like having five different chats open and are watching YouTube in the background and have little to no interest in what's going on on the screen. You know, albeit weirdly enough, the games that I've been in online, almost every single one of them has been the opposite of that. And I've been really happy with it. So what from on one side, I have that image of like, oh, everyone's sitting at their computers and they can do whatever. But they all all the games that I've been doing and that I've been in, everyone seems so focused. And it's so weird because I always thought it was going to be different. Well, then. It really is a, a one crowd to one crowd. Uh, and honestly, it can also be just a mood because I, I love my Friday uh, Friday players, uh, but sometimes we're able to do an online session and sometimes it's we just hold off until it can actually be a physical session. Yeah, and, and to be perfectly honest, I understand how that is and <sighs> that we have... Uh, on the channel, a couple games that aren't going to happen for a while because we want to have in-person sessions. And that's, oh. and we talked about that almost at the beginning here, the idea of the, the kind of the camaraderie and the interplay between people was, was much better in person than we can do via a chat. Whereas like, again, some of the players that I've been playing with, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, high key shout out here to, uh, Savrick, uh, uh, for inviting me to a star Wars game. Uh, over on his channel, the people I'm playing with, I guess they're, um, they play in stream games all the time, so they're very used to it. So I think that's kind of where it comes from is instead of grabbing a bunch of people who 99% of the time played their games at the same table and then throwing them all online, there's like, there's that learning curve, you know? Yeah, that's also a pretty fancy group to play with. You've got, you've got some really, really, really cool humans uh, yeah. that you're gaming with there. I've been watching a couple episodes. Oh, good. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's different because like, again, some players are just used to it and some players need to kind of get used to it a bit. And so that they aren't immediately distracted when they're doing their stuff. Cause I mean, if the moment the spotlight isn't on them, they have pulled up a different web page and are, and are researching something completely unrelated because, well, you know, it, it is. <laughs> and honestly, I feel like the computer, uh, the online game can't entirely be blamed on that one. We've had players uh, that as soon as it's not their turn, they are just disassociate off into space and or start playing a game on their phone yeah. or. I have been guilty of this as well. I, I really have. And it's something where it's it's kind of that nervous fidget type thing is like I try to make sure that I'm always aware of what's happening at the table but sometimes I do need to give my, so I'm not talking, talking over everyone all the time. I need to have something going on. Uh, Goblin does uh, art, you know, mm -hmm. when it's not their turn, they're just, they're doing art and it's always great. Uh, and so it's like, I've had players across this different spectrum of, of like, some will be so involved. They'll be right up in there and they're always listening and paying attention. And then you have some people who are kind of in the middle and then other people who, they, they, it almost is as if they could care less about the game. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta find out where, where you are with them and, and kind of what you are expecting as the GM. So, you know, and, and that's fine. And, and, but again, I think the, what I was thinking was I thought it was going to be more prevalent on an online game, but just by experience so far, it seems like the opposite. And I think that's a really interesting thing that I wasn't expecting. That's that's excellent. I'm, I'm I'm glad that you've got that that level of like focus for uh, for the uh, online group because uh, like yeah. I know that one of your groups yeah they're they're all experienced streamers yeah I know that your other group uh, <laughs> is not what I'd call completely you know experienced streamers considering some of them are not even very tech savvy. Yeah, no, uh, the, the vast majority of those players in the game that I'm running are people who, like, they they haven't played D&D &D in, like, 20-something years, you know, and it's like, or they, they play, but it's like, 
very, very infrequently. So them not only doing it online, but also playing D&D at all is is kind of a like, oh, yeah, we have to get used to this again. We have to learn this. And pretty much their 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 role play is on point. They're having fun. It's like it's like being back in the day before it became like crazy jaded all time DM, you know, of like having having players who are like super psyched about everything happening. And it's like, oh, man, this is great. <laughs> I love it when people are super happy about a game. Excited about a game. What? Right. But yeah, no, that, that that's excellent. Um, So the other thing that is a little easier to be sneaky about with computers as opposed to in person is uh, passing secret notes to your GM. Uh, right. Because I as a player have been so blatant sometimes when I pass secret notes uh, to my GM, it used to be that I'd write down a note, crinkle it up as loudly as possible and chuck it at Mark. And sometimes <laughs> I just ask him how his day was because I'm like making my uh, fellow uh, groups uh, paranoid of what terrible thing I'm sharing with the GM. Yeah, no, that, that is, that's totally fair. Um, and What's interesting about that, by the way, is that when you're playing a, you know, an online game, you have all sorts of direct messaging. Oh, yes. You know, it's it's like you can basically whenever you want, just message someone directly. You don't even like you don't, you don't even have to make it super obvious that you're doing it. You can you can I could be staring here at the screen the whole time and I could have just sent like five messages to my DM and no one will have any clue. So it's it's interesting to me that. uh like that becomes a like a, a benefit, but also like you lose some of that weird psychological benefit of of like some people watching the note go by and then wondering. I wish there was like some sort of animation that you could where like it goes across the Zoom call to arrive at the GM just so <laughs> like just so they know that you're you're fucking with the things. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and I love the idea of uh, of having it so that someone is going to like you you have the idea that this is going to happen. Like someone is whispering with the GM, and then like nothing. They have no idea what's actually going on. So the like the, those benefits, the ideas of like here are the cool stuff that you can do, and like whether that's going to be good for your game or whether it's going to be really detrimental, I guess really just hap kind of falls down to whether you as the players and you as the GM are, are okay with the kind of the weird side effects or so, you know, yeah. it's like the, and that's the, it's the weirdness. Cause think about it. Like if you're in person, it can completely derail your game. If someone gets up or, and hands a note over, or if somebody throws something across the table, someone could be in the middle of like this, this really impassioned speech from their character and then could be completely thrown off because someone's moving around around them. And that could, you know, that's something that they might be able to do uh, over the net rather than just doing it in like they just couldn't do it in person, which is an interesting thing that I was going to move on to next is uh, the concept of when you're, when you're on the net and you're playing game, you are in your theoretically you're in the comfort of your own home. And that lends itself weirdly enough to the uh, ability to do a couple things. First off uh, a lot, it seems that people are way more comfortable being a little goofy or wacky uh, and maybe giving a good voice or something to their character when they're, when they're online, you know, or when they're, when they're over voice chat or something like that, because it's like they're in their home. No one's going to judge them. It's fine. You're doing a thing, you know, on the same vein, it's people who don't necessarily have the, uh, I would say the confidence to be super vocal all the time in group settings might find it easier to do so over a over a digital connection because you know it's like you're not in a room filled with people you're just talking you know it's like a phone call at that point yeah and there a lot i have seen a lot because all we have at times had trouble with players talking over other players 
in our group, which I think is actually a fairly common uh, oopsie where we have to be like, hey, guys, you know, if someone's talking, don't just talk louder, please. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> which is, it's actually, I've noticed that there is a, there is sort of this unspoken etiquette that has emerged where people leave like almost half a heartbeat of time after they've said something before someone else picks it up. I, I have seen less running over people's words on in the online games, uh, than I have in person, which, mm -hmm. you know, admittedly is a very useful thing. Cause it's not like you can read up the, the body language of someone being like, Ooh, 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 raising my hand, raising my hand. Well, that's, uh, that's a, uh, a uh, visual trope on an audio format. <laughs> right, exactly. It's There's so much that kind of goes back and forth. You know, it, we're, we're not going to be able to do it entirely justice in just one show, and, and little bits of this, I'm sure, will pop up in uh, in other episodes. Goodness but it's something knows. where... Hmm? Is that goodness knows, yes. Right. Uh, but the idea of, like, you know, the... I, I want to play game in person again. And and I think a good portion of that is because I just want to see my friends again. <laughs> um, I crave it. And it's like that whole group setting of like, I want to be there in the same room, gathered around the game table, doing the thing, you know, eating food, whatever. So it's like part of that is like, I, I want that for the camaraderie more than the game itself. And it's, I think it's going to be interesting coming out of this because I'm I think I'm going to have this weird feeling of I prefer the game itself online, but I want to be in person because they're my friends. Like, I, I'm also more willing to run games for strangers online than I am to go into a game store and, and run like an event or a game for people I don't know. Uh, and I think that's kind of a no, see that that's actually yeah. that is significant because I know with you especially you have a comfort level that when you are in your home that you are able to be a great deal more expressive and creative in your process in running mm -hmm. game having been in your games when you're running it from your home or running it from someone else's home or from some from some establishment. I completely get that you would feel like you can do a better job running when you're home, but also yeah. you don't necessarily want to welcome half the world into your house because, well, it's a good house, but it's not that big. <laughs> right, exactly. And I think that, like, kind of at the end of the day, the the experience of, of being you know, kind of forced to to do these games remotely recently uh, has kind of opened my eyes to like, hey, you know, I can, while we're sitting at the table, still use my tablet and still use my 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 digital tools to create a character, keep track of them, roll the dice, whatever. Like there's nothing stopping me from doing that. Um, but I, I also remember that like if like I don't like losing character sheets, but it's happened in, in the past. I don't like, you know, misplacing my dice. You know, it's like, well, if as long as I have my device to do the thing, I have everything. And if I'm playing a game at somebody else's house, I'll probably do everything digitally as well. You know, just because it it's easier to transport. Uh, it, I don't have to worry about losing anything. Uh, you know, I would be upset if I lost some of my favorite dice, but I also want a chance to roll those dice. <laughs> You know, right. and like you said, that that comfort level uh, for for many years, the games I ran were all at my place, even when the place I was running them from was very small and not really suited oh, for running games. Oh, tiny little apartment. Right. You know, <laughs> with, with like 10 people arranged on three couches and a beanbag, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Oof, uh, yes. Um. I think that uh, once it is available again, I will be almost exclusively running game in person. But that is that is also I need to be around people. Uh, my my ability to 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 be creative is more powerful in a social setting. And, and that, that's which means that I just might have to go over to Mark's house and run a run a D and D game there. I mean, all for I'm I'm for it. I mean, uh, I, I yeah. guess if 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 you're willing, 
<laughs> which of course is going to be a, a thing for another time. Uh, but the, uh, the idea of like, while we have it doing those digital games, doing them over the net, uh, is, is the new norm. And while we're doing that, it's like, Hey, well, let's make the best of it. But I think what's cool is that because it's been the norm, so many new tools and, and things that may or may not have, have been a priority before are now a priority and they're getting a lot of attention and it just makes me happy because those are things I would have loved to have before, but now we get them and it's like, Oh, even when things go back to a, a, a form of normal, we'll still have this and I'll be very happy for it. We are gaining new proficiencies and new tools every day to help us live our life in this exiled state that we're in. And just because that exiled state is temporary does not mean that the tools and skills that we have picked up in the meantime are also temporary. Exactly. And, and you know what, someday I'm going to have the, I'm going to, I'm going to have that dream where like my friends are all sitting around in my living room and we all have our phones or our tablets or whatever with our character sheets on them. And I, and I pull up the big screen and there's the game information with the maps and everyone can move their characters from their phones and, and use their abilities. And it's going to be that, that kind of communal game where it's like, it feels almost more like a, a giant interactive board game, weirdly enough. Uh, then, then just, you know, because I love theater of the mind, but I love that concept. And I know there are tools right now that have, that have that sort of feel. And I've, I've done a little bit with virtual tabletop, uh, but it's not the same for everybody. And those controls are a little wonky. Um, I'll get back to you when I've tried doing a, vir uh, a the virtual tabletop, uh, VR with a d game of D and D because that's going to be its own fun and interesting thing. But, and Google Glasses made a promise to us that I don't think they necessarily <laughs> kept any of because, well, it was Google Glasses right. and that's not even a thing anymore. Right. But like Oculus headsets are getting cheaper, you know, if you can find them. Uh, and all this stuff is becoming more and more mainstream. And I really just want that to be a thing where you pull up the D&D &D app uh, or the whatever gameplay you're playing and everyone just manages and runs from their phones. It's like you don't know Jack for D&D &D, and you just have the central program running and it's cool and it, it works. And that that is what I want. That is my goal to eventually have that be the norm. It's a beautiful dream, Mark. It's a well, beautiful you. dream. So uh, overall, though, I think uh, to kind of wrap it up from my point of view, like I said, I want to play games in person, but I want to use the digital tools as as kind of that what they're there for, even in person. But I want to play more virtual games as well, especially with people who don't live in the same area. You That's know, uh, playing with people across the world right now. And it's really great. Absolutely. Um, I, I long for the interaction and the, the feel of dice on my hands, but I am absolutely still going to be using the digital tools that oh, we've picked up in this time. And I, I think yeah. that pretty much, uh, sums, sums it up for us. Uh, so I, I think later on we might do, we might do like an in-depth dive into some of the tools just to talk about them while they're still kind of being, you know, while they're still relevant <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. Uh, but I think that'll, that'll be for another time. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we're gonna go and go to our mailbox. Well, we don't have any answers, uh, for our mailbox because, you know, <laughs> this is episode one. We're what not happened expecting last episode. Uh... Right. But anyways, <laughs> we don't have any questions for, or we don't have any answers for you yet, but we do have question. Um, and also, uh, we're going to be doing something a little new with the, the, uh, questions, the Q and A part. Everything's new. It's episode one. Uh, we would love, uh, if you have questions for us, we would love to talk about them on the show. And so if you've got like RPG tabletop, uh, just nerdy arse questions hit us with them uh we we will answer on the show we will try to get to as many questions a show as is physically possible and we'll give you the method of, of submitting those questions so that we can have uh, answers ready for you uh because i think it's something where if we were merely responding to people's questions in the chat, that's one thing. And it kind of puts us on the spot, which is fine. But I think what, what we're looking for is if you guys have questions, uh, 
again, GM questions or just questions for us about whatever, mm-hmm. uh, submit them and we will kind of have answers ready for you so that it can be something we can research or if it's something we don't know about, we can actually give you a response and give you our opinion on it uh, rather than just kind of shrugging, going, ah, move on. Yeah. You know, no one wants that. No. But what people do want, of course, is they want us to ask questions of you. Yes. In fact, this week's question is, how do you prefer to game in person or over the net? Yes, indeed. And I think we we've kind of hammered that down a little bit as to where we stand on that. Uh, And, you know, I mean, just to to put it into a a small amount of words, I think generally I've been preferring to play it over the net. And uh, Brian, uh, you're you're kind of on the opposite end. Yeah, I, I, I am on the opposite end of that particular spectrum. And, uh, and honestly, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, so, you know, when you have the, uh, when you have an option, when you have the opportunity to do so, uh, can you please answer the following question? How do you prefer to game in person or over the net? Yes, indeed. And of course, you know, it's, I think a good, a good time now that we have your attention, uh, is to, to, you know, really let the, the people responsible for the fact that we're still around, uh, let them know how much we appreciate them. Yes. Uh, we want to shout out to our wonderful patrons. Um, they are fantastic and they have been keeping us going through all of this, even with the, with the brief hiatus. Um, they have been absolute rock stars and are really a key, key part of the digitizer community. Um, so, uh, shout out to, uh, Lisa Littlebear and Tegan of the Heckle Squad. Thank you, Heckle yeah. Squad, for maintaining and, uh, and even upping your, your Patreon level. So thank you oh. so much for that. Uh, thank you, Uber Madface. Uh, thank you, Retail. And Chubby Wildcat. Uh, thank you, of course, for also upping your, uh, your, your recent par- uh, Patreon support. Thank you again. Uh, thank you to Square Bear. Indeed. And, uh, of course, thank you, Desmond. Hi, Desmond. Hi, Desmond. Uh, thank you, Patrick M. Thank you. Odd shaped channel. Thank you. Astonishing legends who has been, who was our first patron and, uh, is amazing that they have still just been, uh, kicking in with us. They are a, uh, awesome podcast. Greatly appreciated. Uh, and of course, thank you to Kevin from the golden bolt. Thank you so much for continuing your patronage as well. Marvelous YouTuber. Indeed. And check out the, check out YouTube, uh, the golden bolt. Uh, it's a great channel. A lot of great game reviews. Oh yeah. Uh, but, uh, I think one of the things I did want to shout out is for all of you who are again, listening to us for the first time, uh, who are catching the stream. Uh, we appreciate you being here. We uh, hope you enjoy, uh, what we have to offer. We will bring you many, many, many more episodes of, uh, quality infotainment, uh, and, uh, we appreciate everyone being here, not only for the live, but for downloading. Thank you so much. Uh, yes. Thank you so much. Uh, you guys really are awesome. But, uh, uh at, at the end of the day, uh, you know what? Thank you, whoever you are out there for joining us for this episode of digital and dice. If you want to reach out to us, uh, you can find our email, discord, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter info, on our website, uh, which is www.digitalanddice.com. Yes, indeed. That is www.digitalanddice.com. So thank you so much again. Uh, but as we venture back out into the void to gather more uh, piles of game-related sutra, uh, we ask that you be kind to one another. And as always, game, game on, on internet. Internets. <laughs>